the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is an extra special bonus episode, and our guest is Fantastic Negrito. Fantastic Negrito is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer, fashion icon, and just all-around fascinating guy. He's originally from Massachusetts, but has made his home in California for many years, which we talk about during this episode. Y'all, his life story is incredible and inspiring. He's a survivor. He's a fighter. He's someone who decided to define his own path in life and music. His latest record, which I'm crazy about, is called Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? And it will make you do so in the best of ways. This conversation was insightful. It was fun. And I'm excited to bring it to you. I learned a ton. And I hope that some of you have a similar experience. Uh, this is the quickest turnaround maybe in marinade history. We recorded this on Zoom yesterday, and um, the reason why it's happening so fast is it just all came together really quickly, and I wanted to get it out before the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival, the legendary Hardly Strictly Festival that unfortunately due to COVID-19 is online, but fortunately the good folks at the festival has put together an incredible lineup, and uh, Saturday, October 3rd, you can tune in. Um, go to hardlystrictlybluegrass.com and check things out uh, there. It is going to be unbelievable, y'all. Uh, in addition to Fantastic Negrito, we've got Shaky Graves and Jim Lauderdale and Robert Earl Keane, The War and Treaty, Chuck Prophet, good friend of the show, Emmylou Harris, Jim Lauderdale, also a really good friend of the show, Aaron Lee Tajin, I mean, just so many great, Steve Earle, I could go on and on, The War and Treaty, Trey Burt, Yola, uh, just amazing, amazing stuff that's happening at that festival. And I can't wait to tune in on Saturday, checking out all of those incredible acts, including Fantastic Negrito. And I cannot wait until the day when Fantastic Negrito makes it in my neck of the woods or I get a chance to go see him as well. Marinadepodcast.com for all things the marinade, y'all. We have written pieces over there. We have our store. We have website-exclusive episodes. You can keep up with all the feature and bonus episodes over there. You can drop us a line over there. You can also connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. We love, love, love getting messages 
from friends and fans of the show. Tell a friend about the show. If you like what we're doing, if you're new to the show, check out more of our episodes and then tell a friend about the show. You know, make sure you subscribe on your podcast app and give us a rating if you have the time. And we really appreciate all those free ways. There's also a way to connect deeper with the show, and that is patreon.com slash marinade podcast patreon is a place where you can support the art that fires you up Um, we talk about the art that fires us up over there i talk about the moments that shape my creative life we also have these really cool patreon happy hours that are relatively new that we've been doing that have been so much fun it's a way to connect with the show and check in with each other and be a part of a community that's very supportive Uh, last time we had the great songwriter jordan foley just pop in unannounced and play a couple of songs we've got a few other cool artists in the work to do some uh, some secret shows and for as little as two dollars a month you can join our patreon community y'all thank you so much for listening my conversation with fantastic negrito that door for me what's happening hey man how are you thank you so much for doing this hey thank you for having me all good what's going on how's everybody doing today man everything's good everything's all good um look at you so i would expect nothing less than for you to look incredibly fly that was one of the things i was gonna gonna ask about was, was fashion and like your sense of fashion and of course you show up looking like that looking too good man well uh, what is, can you talk about that influence of fashion on your life and why you always look so good? Look at that. Fashion. Well, this, is called, this is what I call upcycling. So what I do is I'll take like, you know, real boring shirts and, um, you know, and I just, we just kind of embellish on them and make them better. Kind of like what we should be doing with America right now, you know? Oh, gosh, should we ever, man. All the things, you know, upcycle, make things better, you know, walk towards the light. I believe that in fashion. I believe in the music. I believe it in life. No one expected me to be here. You know, I started on this journey playing on the, on the streets with a guitar. Five years ago, no one uh, picked me. No one thought it's possible for an outsider to, you know, penetrate that um, wall that seems impenetrable at times. And um, I, I just, I live on that, you know. I Man. live on that every day. I believe it. I live it. I dress it. I feel it. I wear it. You play it. I, I think yeah. that's, that's so beautiful. And, and that's something I wanted to talk to you about, of course, because your life story is incredible. Um, and folks can, the, the bio on your website, fantasticnegrito.com is just wonderful too. It's a good read and gives a, people a good overview. But you know, one of the things that just comes out no matter what, no matter how you look at your life, like just that perseverance, man, your ability Perse- to, to, to just get back the fuck up and do it. Like what? Yes. Where does that come from? Can you talk about like how, how that came about for you? Well, you know, first of all, you know, I was the um, eighth of uh, 14 kids. Mm. And, um, you know, I was brought up in an Orthodox Muslim family that, um, you know, it was tough. It was very tough. And um, I ran away from home when I was 12. Mm. 
I don't expect any kid out there to do that. And I did it because, um, you know, I didn't want to live under the yoke of, you know, uh, religion. Maybe if you don't know, I'm saying, you know, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I knew at a young age and things were being forced on me. So I think it came from a lot of that, like having to survive, you know, having to um, go to that fork in the road and uh, make the right choices. And, um, you know, being knocked down a lot in life, being challenged a lot in life. And I always looked at the challenges and the obstacles as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to advance. And uh, I just looked at life that way, no matter what it was, whether it was, you know, whether it's racism, whether it's, um, you know, tyranny, whether it's oppression, whether it's handicap, you know, I lost my hand in a car accident, you know, mm-hmm. spent three weeks in a coma, like, no, like, whatever it is, man, I look at, you know, what can be done. I, I, don't, I don't look at what can't be done. When people talk about what can't be done, I walk away. Wow. I can't do it. Like, I'm, I'm, only, involved, I'm only interested in what can be done, what can be accomplished, what is the philosophy of gratitude. It's like, if you're thankful all the time, and you're, you're doing all right. Right, and right. You, and if somebody flips you off in traffic or calls your name, you can be like, yeah, I'm just thankful, man. I'm here and I get to contribute every day. And, I'm, you know, this means a lot to me to contribute. Well, and, and that's all beautiful. And, but I think also the thing about, you know, somebody flipping you off is one thing. Um, having a major record deal with the record not working out, ending up in a coma, um, that, those are different kinds of, that's a little bit different getting yourself up off the mat, right? Than somebody flipping you off. Um, the other things you mentioned, you mentioned racism and you mentioned, um, systemic oppression. Like those are all other layers to things that I would imagine you were dealing with as well. Um, so can you talk about those decision points? Like you talk in the bio and, and I've, I've read other places about how like, you come from Massachusetts to Oakland as a kid, right? And you're, you're in this very uh, kind of really strict household, right? And you pick up music kind of young and you get fired up about it. And then, but also while this music thing, as I understand the story is going on, the streets are also going on for you. And yeah. so there's that, there's that tension between these things that maybe not one, not quite as beautiful all the time and one that's really beautiful. Can you talk about like that tension and the decision points that you made and, and like how you ended up coming out like you did? Well, you know, I always um, look for the good things, man. That's all I could say. I wish there was a magic, you know, pill I could tell everybody to swallow, but I, I always mm. look for the, what are the good things? Even if I got a million dollar record deal and then I end up in a coma and I lose everything, what's the good thing? Uh, my brother was, killed when he was 14, I was thinking, what's the good thing? My cousin was killed when he was 16. What's the good, there's something good there. Uh, my best friend was killed in a barber shop. I mean, this is all America, I'm, this is in Iraq. You know? right. This is American, I'm like, what are the good things? Um, we have so many obstacles, all of us in our lives. You know, I have a song, take that bullshit, turn it into good shit. Yeah. On my last album, and it's like, I, I really believe that, I mean, you know, we're faced with, with, with obstacles. I just was always had that in my personality to go like, you know what? I'm looking for the upside of this. I don't, I can't, I can't really walk towards, you know, the people that, that um, don't want to get things done or they think that 
there's something out there that's going to stop them. I, I want to be the person to say, no, no, doesn't have to stop us. I wasn't picked to be on the cool team. I was always overlooked. Some people are always overlooked. They weren't, you know, they weren't the ones they're like, oh, you're, you're amazing. You were born perfect. You know, you may be overweight. You may be, you may be thinking too short, I mean, all kinds of things, you know? Mm. And I think that, um, that I always just like, hey, that's okay. That is okay. And I, I any obstacle, I wanted to um, overcome it. I don't have to, you know, I know my life matters. You know, I don't need a, a sign or a slogan, or I don't need somebody to tell me that shit. That's just like funny to me. Like, no, I, I know I matter. I mean, I know that I have value and that I bring value. And I think like we are what we think we are. Where did this shit come from? Man, maybe I don't fucking know. <laughs> Am I not supposed to curse? You can curse Sorry. all you want. Maybe we only have one. I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't know. I, I never could take no for an answer. I, it's, <laughs> it came from, hey, maybe the same household that I ran away from had some good things in it too. And my father was an immigrant. He was an old dude. And, you know, he would tell me like, man, nobody's going to stop you. You're going to stop you. And he was telling me that since I was a kid with his accent, he would be like, the, I remember my dad would say, if the policemen stop you, they will blow your head off. You say, yes, sir. You say, no, sir. And I used to be like, why is he telling me this shit? Huh. Then we moved to Oakland and a policeman pulled a gun and put it to my head. And I'm 14 years old and I got it. But yeah, all these things, like, I mean, they come from our experiences and we're catapulting to the fucking universe, you know, this, human form that we're in with all of our hangups. And I think there's so many lessons out there and there's so much positive and negative energy out there. And there's, um, you know, we're in a very strange time in society, which is why I wrote, have you lost your mind yet? <laughs> and I want to say, I wanted to say that to people like, you know what? Yeah, I did lose my mind and it's okay, actually. And you don't have to medicate me. I don't need your prescription pills. It's okay to lose your mind. It's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel like it's not gonna be all right. That's kind of what the album was about, like our mental health. So I always looked at um, music as a way to save my life. Whether it was back when I was sneaking into uh, UC Berkeley to learn how to play at the piano and telling them that I was a student. <laughs> you know, I took the hustling game to that level. And I wanted my life when I became Fantastic Negrito and a middle-aged guy here, I'm like, I want this to be useful to other people now. I want to now serve people. I want to now be useful. Hey, I, hey you're not going to censor me. You're not going to politically correct me. And I'm going to say some things that's going to make you uncomfortable. And guess what? I don't care. I'm not here for that shit. I'm an artist and I'm here to be an artist and I'm here to contribute the truth and walk towards the light and bring us all under one umbrella, under the spirit and the persuasion and the power of love and unity, man. Sorry if it's goofy, sorry if it's corny, but we got to talk real to each other. And, you know, and that's, um, that's why, you know, I, it's, I'm weird to some people. It's like, well, wait a minute, hold on, wait, this, let's get it straight here. Cause we need, you need to play by the rules here, buddy. Like, this is, is this blues? It feels like rock to us. Wait, is this rock? This feels like kind of bluesy or funky. Is this funk? 
I don't know, it feels like folk music. Is it soul? You know, I, I don't, I can't live by that. When I was 20, I wanted to fit into someone else's repressed fantasy of how they saw the world. But you know, as I became older, I was like, you know, that's misery. Man, trying to fit into what someone else's view of who you are, brother, that is straight misery. And try to say the right thing, and oops, did I say the right things? Oops, hey, we're gonna say the wrong things sometimes. Mm. We're gonna say the right things sometimes. We're gonna make mistakes, why? Because we're human beings, hello? Mm-hmm. And let's not be crucified for our mistakes. I did everything. Sold drugs, hit the streets, abused people, did all that shit. And then I, I survived it. So that makes me valuable now, you know? I hate this whole thing where they're just like shutting people down, shutting people up. It's insane. And I won't, I won't put, and nobody, ain't nobody paying me, bro. I say what I want. Nobody pays me to say right, shit. Right, right. But I, I love that, that freedom. And I say it with love. I, I, I love people. And I let people decide. I went out and hit the streets, played at the BART station, played in the train station, played to the people, brother. The people on the streets are like, yeah, people are like, fantastic, Negrito. Oh, that's weird. No, hey, I remember a guy was like, white people, we don't like saying the word Negrito. It makes us uncomfortable. So I was like, thinking, and I said, hmm, white people, you better get to know some Latinos. because. <laughs> I wonder, I, I, I wasn't going to ask you, but I wondered if white journalists avoid saying it to you. No, they don't. Look, look let's give, let's, hey, let me be the one. Let's give white people some credit. <laughs> and, and let's stop scaring the shit out of white people all the time and making them afraid of everything, man. They're just people uh. like us and like we can talk. And uh, listen, I would say two out of 10 white people would be like, oh my God, Negrito, can I say that? That's about it. Yeah. But people make a big thing out of everything that I do. It's like, oh my God, can you do that? Or should you say that? Or is this correct? No, it's not correct. And there you go. Right. Live with that. <laughs> well, I think we're also hyper aware. I, mean, I love this. You made me think about a bunch of stuff, including something that happened to me the other day on Twitter where I made a comment and my comment was well-intentioned and it was to it. And it was specifically to a black guy who is kind of like an authority on I don't know if authority is the right word, but someone who discusses race relations. He has one of the biggest podcasts about race in the world, right? The show Code Switch. And I made this comment on on Twitter trying to add to the conversation he was having. And he did not like it. And he did not think that I was adding to the conversation. And I've been, I was in my head about it. But then I was like, I finally came to a place where I was like, dude, you just fucking tried to help. and you And he didn't like that. And that wasn't that's not your fault, right? It's like he perceived what I had to say in a way that I didn't mean it. And so let it go, right? Because it's not, it's not where my heart was. So fucking let it yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, you know what? Let me tell you something, man. That's on some like Stalinist fucking authoritative, authoritarianism shit. I'm not with that. It's like, mm. let people talk. Let right. people talk. Man, you don't come in there screaming, how Hitler, then you're, right. okay. <laughs> right. You know, it's all. like, I mean. It, 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 I was it, on it, his it, side. It's just the way listen, I articulated listen, let me it. Talk, let me talk to black people listening out there. Hey, black people, my brothers and sisters. We're 13%. We're 13% in this country. We need all the uh, white people with love in their hearts that we can get. We got to build coalitions. Martin Luther King wasn't shutting people down. Mm. Malcolm X wasn't even shutting people down. This is this new age weirdo shit where, hey, I got you. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, how about this? Fuck you. 
Mm. How about that? And I'm happy to say it because people are trying the best they can with what they have. Listen, they're trying to do the best they can with what they have. I had an Asian dude come up to me and uh, I don't know, it was about a year ago during, I remember at Starbucks, like, I guess some brothers got arrested for being in Starbucks, some stupid weird shit. And um, Asian dude comes up to me and he's going like this. Must've been two years ago, cause I, I don't know if I was drinking tea cause I don't drink coffee. And he goes, man, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, you black people out here, you know, drinking coffee. And I thought to myself, wow, this could be someone else would go crazy. But I was like, hey, thank you, brother. I said, right on. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, you know, do what we can. You know, it's like that dude didn't have no hate in his heart. He didn't have no malice. He was, it was nutty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, why would I, why would you, when you do that, you're shutting people, you're shutting the door. Right. On building a coalition. So I don't think anybody should be shut down. I think we should learn from each other. We should build with each other. And I think the only time that you learn is when you're uncomfortable. And when you're lifting weights, you're like, this feels great. Oh no, you're uncomfortable. When you're right. learning playing instrument, you're like, oh, this, no, it's a little bit sucks to play scales over and over again. So I, I feel that way too. It's like, you know, we, we gotta let people like talk to each other. Because right now, you know, we have like a you know, social media and it's telling you what to say, the media machine, whatever it is, left, right, whatever, this is what you should say. This is the slogan you should say. This is who you should scream it at. These are the people you should be, it's just, I can't do, I'm too old for that shit, man. Mm -hmm. No thanks. No thanks, I'll think for myself. And if I'm gonna be lonely out here, I'll be lonely. But I wanna live with the fact that I can think for myself create music for myself, write an album. Man, I did um, Searching for Captain Sabo, you know, it was a, mm -hmm. I did it with E-40 who wrote the song, Captain Sabo, like that's an <clears throat> opportunity to learn and to teach and to talk about, hey, I'm a man, maybe I have some double standards and I have some hypocrisy. I wanna do this song, Searching for Captain Sabo, where I'm the whore, maybe I'm the whore. And I remember, man, just hearing people be like, oh, ho, you said ho, he said ho. I'm like, of course, motherfucker. Of course I did. But listen to the, you know what I mean? That's, uh -huh. I'm not, I'm not, I won't do that as an artist. If I wanted that, I would have become like, you know, an executive at, at fucking, you know, Starbucks or something. I don't know. Right. right. I wanted to be an artist and be free and express and teach and learn and be edgy, be a little dangerous. And yeah, oh, wow, did she say that? Oh my God, did Patti Smith really write rock and roll nigger? What's that all about? That was interesting to me. Right. No, as a person, NWA talking about fuck the police. Oh my, yeah. Why are they saying fuck the police? Why are they saying it? Right. Aha. Why is Patti Smith singing that? I mean, this is what art is. Yeah. This is how we live. This is how we grow. Not everything, shut everybody down so they feel so safe and so sterile. And I feel so, well, I don't want to live in that world. Fuck that world. That world sucks. I hate that world. I don't hate a lot of things I tell my kids not to hate, but I hate that world. I'm raising kids to have open minds, be powerful, be strong, self-love, self-care, and do not be policed by the thought police. Everybody go re read 1984 again. Go read it. I've read it about five times. I keep reading. It's just, that's where we are. And 
that's why we have the situation we have in this country. That's why we got the president we have. That's why we have the Congress that we have. That's why we have, we have the corporatocracy that we have. There, there are no more governments. We're just run by corporations. And stupid speak. Whoever can speak stupid speak the loudest, they win. You just gave me a lot of good ways to approach things and a lot of good ways to think about things. Cause I think one of the things I'm guilty of, I have mostly liberal friends, mostly white liberal friends, to be perfectly honest in a kind of liberal section of, of otherwise uh, real conservative Florida. Right. So I'm right in the, I'm right in Orlando. And so I get a lot of my ideas parroted back to me in the same language that the same folks are thinking. Right rather than than to think about a very like what we're, what you're saying is very aligned with what i'm i believe it's just you're coming at it from a different angle and that's super fucking helpful you know yeah well i'm happy man you know i should at this point in my life be i'm kind of a village elder now i should be able to impart some knowledge to uh people you know that maybe don't know or are younger than me i didn't i didn't get this far in life to shut up mm-hmm. and to be and and to like you know, get in line with this kind of entrenched, you know, dogmatic, you know, left way of thinking, which I'm pretty liberal on the left, I guess. I'm on the left for sure. Yeah. But I'm not brainless and I'm not mindless. Right. And I, everything we do isn't great. Right. And that's okay. It's, right. That's okay. But I'm right. definitely, you know, more liberal thinking person, of course. I'm an artist, I don't like fascism. I don't like ultra right wing assholes. I don't like those people because they don't really come with anything except for they're harboring a lot of hate. Mm-hmm. Will I talk to them? Yes. Will I have a conversation with them? Yes. Will I shout them down? No. They follow me on Twitter and I talk back and forth. I follow a few of them. And guess what? We have conversations. That's great. And that's okay. And it's like, you support Trump? Okay, great. I don't. And here are the right. reasons why I don't. The reasons why you do, I think those are, I think you're being lied to. And I'm going to tell so it's healthy. And they can be like, I think you're being lied to. And great. But at least we build and at least we grow. Yeah. Man. That's why I make music. Yeah. That's why I make music. Well, and and you're talking about uh, tying those things together. You were talking about earlier not wanting to to be put in some sort of box with your music. And because you do have all these influences, you've got all the things you've mentioned. Plus, there's gospel in there. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. Like that, right? There's there's so much stuff. And you end up, I find it so fascinating that you end up, your music ends up on like Americana lists or at a Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival that uh, that you're a part of this year. Um, and like on the bill, I don't know if you've seen it, but I was looking at it today. You're right between Emmy Lou Harris and uh, Jim Lauderdale. And I thought that was so dope that you're right between those two is you right in the middle of the bill. Um, and I thought, and John Doe's right below you. Like it's, it's just such an interesting mix of folks. Um, yeah. And it should be. Right. Because we're all di- interesting mix. I mean, my album, Have You Lost Your Mind? And look on Spotify. I'm on an alternative hip hop playlist. I'm on Americana playlist. I'm on a blues playlist, roots playlist, rock playlist, and I'm like, I'm, thank, I'm like, that makes me very happy that um, I can do what I want. You know, I'm a middle-aged guy. Can I haven't I earned that? Right. I'm not a teenager like trying to be a pop star, or I'm not trying to make you feel real comfortable. It's not my job. I'm. I want to talk to you for real. You know, I want to interact with you. 
I want to tickle your brain cells, you know? And that stuff's fun to me. I mean, um, you know, anybody can play the note. Miles Davis said that's the note is 20%. The attitude of the motherfucker that plays it is 80%. Miles Davis, man, take a note from him. Right. And um, I'm about that. I mean, I learned from all the, I learned from the Beatles, all these people like, just go, you got songs? Just go make an album with your songs. Mm. Who cares? Make that album. And um, I've been doing that in my third album. You know, not bad for a person that no one picked. You know, I'm three, my third full length album. And I have to say, now, hey, I just got a guitar um, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next to Tommy Morello and all these people with, um, it's called, um, what's the name of this thing? It's called, it's been said all along, Voices of Hope, Rage okay. and Despair. I'm, I'm in there with Hendrix, right next to Tommy Morello, James Brown, NWA, I mean, I'm gonna start listening to these, you know, idiots now who try to, you know, get you to older. You gotta have a, a billion likes. Well, you about to have a shelf full of Grammys too. Your last two records are one Grammys, hey, right? Was it last two? Yeah, hey. but you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a shelf full of them because I'm just packing them away. I'm not interested in mm. looking at that kind of stuff. Well, I love to win because I'm that, I'm competitive. Uh, Eight to 14 kids, but I never like put them on shelves. I, I just go make music. I'm just digging a hole here, man. I'm digging. Yeah. All right. Oh, that. Okay. Let's. Because all my albums been so sonically different. Like, have you lost your mind yet? Is a departure from the last one. Please don't be dead. Yeah, I was in a funkier mood. Used a lot of the Hammond B3. Probably listened to too much Stevie Wonder and Queen on this record. You know, I was just having a lot of fun. I think. Um, I was. I collaborated. You know, I got a collab with my other fellow Tiny Desk winner. Um, Tank from Tank and the Bangers. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I just was, and now, you know, next year, guess what? Get ready, y'all. It's going to be completely different. That's so exciting. That's so and exciting. And it should be. Yeah. It should be. That's so fun. Well, that's kind of how we usually end things too, which is you mentioned a bunch of stuff you were listening to. And so we usually talk about what you're getting down on. What are you, what are you watching or listening to or reading? Um, like what's the art that's got you fired up at the moment? Well, right now, um, it's funny. I'm writing, I'm, I've been watching, I watch the social dilemma like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that they went, they actually said in that, documentary the title of one of my actually new songs so that was really interesting i'm like wow see um what am i reading i read weird stuff i've been reading uh i don't know gonna be funny the godfather oh uh-huh <laughs> i don't know why i'm just reading i i read uh, animal farm and um a month ago that's out there that is out there i love i love george orwell i've been i read um um 1984 again um, what else am I, what's inspiring me? Um, well, I mean, if you can't be inspired by what's, I mean, just look at what's happening. I'm just yeah. kind of inspired by this California fires. Where we're, wow, we can't breathe outside. Um, you know, I'm looking at the, um, you know, what's going on in this country, social injustice, um, the race problem that never goes away. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of neo-fascism that's swept us. And these pe people marching in the streets with um, like kind of reminiscent of the brown shirts of the 1930s, mm -hmm. circa 1930s in Germany, armed people marching. It's just, it's kind of fascinating what's happening all, ar all around us. What am I listening to? Um, gee, uh, what have I listened to lately? I've been listening to some Fela. 
Um, listen to some J. Cole. I've got kids, so I'm listening to some of the Travis Scott stuff, which I'm not really a big fan of all that stuff, but it's interesting to listen to it and then discuss the lyrics with my kids. Ah, uh, how do those conversations go? Yeah, you have to. So I'm listening yeah. to the, the baby, all these people I wouldn't listen to, but just kind of talking about that stuff with my kids and what those lyrics mean. So it's always a sonic gumbo with me. I mean, I listen to like, like anything and everything. I, I love Sturgill Simpson. He's a, he's a friend of mine and, and um, I, just, I think he's one of the most talented artists in the last 15 years. Uh, a little, some Margot Price, Jason Isbell, like bro, I, I, I go everywhere. Yeah, yeah, from Travis Scott to Jason Isbell and <laughs> that's right. me, that's right. what I listen to. That's great, man. Oh, this has been such a pleasure. I'm so grateful for your time and I don't want to take much more. I just, I'm so, I love the record. I'm so excited Thank to see you. your performance on Saturday. I'm going to turn this episode around right away. So I'll get it up tomorrow. Um, so folks can, so folks can have a chance to hear this conversation and, and make it to Hardly Strictly Bluegrass and catch your set. And um, man, I'm just, uh, thank you for sharing all that wisdom and thank you for sharing your spirit and your music. I'm just really what an honor thank you so much thank you brother take care be safe out there in florida all right thank you i'll do my best man all right Bye. bye